The Night Sisters launched their surprise attack against the invading Imperial forces. Caught in the middle, Castian and his Jedi allies hunt frantically for the tools they need to summon help to escape Dathomir. From just outside the camp, two dozen battle-hardened Night Sister warriors emerge from the jungle. War cries drowning out the sound of Dathomir's native wildlife and the general sounds of the garrison's operation. Many of them are on foot, but a few ride small reptilian mounts. Their weapons range from swords and axes to bows and arrows. Every warrior has her weapon drawn and stands bristling, ready to attack. Castian peeks outside the barracks door and frowns before leaning back. Castian turns and looks towards Niana and says, Yes, I believe there was a mistranslation along the way. There has to be 25 of them that I'm seeing. An alarm sounds throughout the garrison, summoning the scout troopers and Imperial officers to their battle stations. Castian, you hear over the commune in your scout trooper armor the voice of that Imperial army officer who had stopped you and Kida earlier when you were bringing in Niena as a alleged prisoner. Hold your fire. Their sticks and stones will be ineffective against the energy shield. Let the savages waste their own energy before they cower before the might of the Empire. Castian nods his head, mumbling, well, she has a point, before turning towards Kida and Niana. Right now, he's crouching down on the ground, and he's quickly using his combat blade to make some scratches on the ground. He's like, okay, this is the camp, from what I remember seeing. Over here is the Lambda shuttle. We don't need to go towards that. That's going to be the most guarded area. And with that energy shield up, there's no taking off anyways. This is the barracks. And again, he scratches a square in, and he's like, and right over here, I believe this would be the command center. And not too far away from the command center, I saw a communication dish. And he draws that on the map. I need to get to the communication disk. Hopefully we can use the power generator and the communication array that we brought with us to send our message without being detected while these Night Sisters distract everyone. Kita, he points towards Kita. I need you and Niana or one of you to go into the command center undetected. I need you to get the patrol routes of the Star Destroyers and also get a map of the area so we know the coordinates of those mountains. They should have that inside their databases. They wouldn't come here without a geographic survey. If my people don't have that information, they will not be landing on Dathomir. I can do it alone. You're going to need someone to watch your back. She doesn't exactly blend in, but I'm sure she can stick to the shadows. It would be even more difficult to stealth deeper into the garrison dressed like this. I would immediately draw weapons fire. You're right. So you will come with me, Niana. Oh, one, one question. Between, the distance between the command center and the dish, that's not going to make our heads explode, is it? This garrison, since it is not permanent quite yet, it's a rather small imprint we've established. You know, there is only about 50 people that it can hold. If you were to stand on complete opposite ends of the camp, you'd begin to feel that discomfort, maybe even enough discomfort to keep you from acting. But it's not going to be anything that can do permanent damage yet. If you're staying kind of in the the middle area while Kita goes to the opposite end, you'll be completely fine. Okay, great. Right now, we have nothing to worry about. The Night Sisters, they're drawing all the eyes, which is good. So you get the information to me, Kida. If you feel me digging my nail into my wrist with our link, that means we're in trouble. You do the same. Clever. The Empire used me for a reason. 
Once you get the patrols, meet up with me immediately. We'll send the information. We'll steal the speeder. And once they deactivate the shield to take out the remaining Night Sisters, we will get the hell out of here and drive the rest of the way to the mountain, then make the climb up. Is that understood? Good luck. Yeah, you too, Kida. Hate to see you die. I'll choose to take that as a compliment and not just you looking out for your own self-interest with our link. Castian smiles, points to him and says, you're also clever. And he stands up. We don't have much to worry about. Let the Night Sisters tie themselves out. They're not getting past that energy shield. Just then, a bone-rattling roar comes from the jungle. The very ground shakes as a massive creature stomps towards the garrison. Of course they're going to try Rancors. That's not going to be very effective. And he peeks his head out saying, how many Rancor? Or, you know, if it's just one giant Rancor. He has no confidence in ramming an energy shield with a live creature. The Rancor that you have been encountering have been becoming progressively larger. And this is no exception, as this is by far the largest Rancor that you have ever seen. As it stomps into view, it carries... Two Night Sisters in the saddle that is strapped across its shoulders. One appears to be navigating, while the other is partially obscured by a giant weapon that is attached to the beast's shoulder. Castian, you do a little bit of a double take when you see that weapon, because the Night Sisters, in fact, everyone on Dathomir other than these Imperials, have been using very simple, primitive, bladed and, and stone and wooden weapons. But the weapon mounted to that Rancor is the light blaster cannon from a YT model freighter. Castian's face drops before he mumbles, Oh, they took the blaster cannon off the ship. The Rancor comes to a lumbering halt just as the weapon winds to life and opens fire on the garrison. The energy shield holds, but Castian, you know these shields are built to withstand personnel weapons or something mounted to a speeder or other planetary craft. It's only a matter of time before a blaster cannon of this size can overload the system and bring down the shield. Castian turned towards them. Okay, we're double timing now. Kida, get to the command center. And he shoves Kida's helmet back into his hands and he points to Niana. You stay close to me. Yeah, and he puts back on his helmet and they're splitting up right now. So Kida runs off in the direction of the command center. Cassian looks towards Niana, and he can't help but smile a little bit and look away and try to catch a glimpse of, like, a good time to run. But she sees that he's amused about something. I fail to see what is so amusing in this situation. You and me were always getting in trouble at the temple. I'm glad to see some things never change. At the temple, you were also used to getting yelled at by people, and so it seems fitting that at this moment the Imperial officer's voice returns over the comm unit, shouting... All troopers, defense pattern Beta Sigma 4, concentrate fire on that, that monster. And the camp jumps to life as all of the scout troopers leap into action to fulfill their commanding officer's orders. You hear weapons being readied, orders are being shouted back and forth as people get into position, ready to open fire on the Rancor. Okay, now that all the attention's on the Rancor, Castian and Niana are going to try to keep low and they're moving towards the communication dish. As you are running, you can still hear that blaster cannon firing methodically on the energy shield. And just as you're beginning to wonder if maybe they've upgraded energy shields and this can actually take much more of a beating than you had suspected, you hear a crackling sound and an electronic shriek as the energy shield drops. 
and immediately all of the scout troopers begin opening fire just as the Night Sisters let out another deafening cry and they begin to charge the camp. Let's go faster. Come along, Niana. So as you and Niana begin to run, what are you most concerned? You are in an open battlefield. So there is blaster fire from the scout troopers, as well as the cannon from the Rancor and bows and arrows. It's a primitive weapon, but still not something that you necessarily want to take. So if your primary concern is avoiding those, this would be an athletics check. If your primary concern, however, is making sure none of these scout troopers see you, then you're going to be wanting to stealth, which may be, of course, more dangerous because you're paying more attention to eye lines rather than where weapons are firing. I think stealth is what we need to be because on one hand, Neanderthal's dressed like a night sister and will get the fire from the scout troopers. On the other hand, I'm dressed like a scout trooper when we'll get the fire from the night sisters. So it's just best if we just aren't seen. Very good. So I'm going to make this a hard check but I'm going to give you one boost die because it is dusk, so the fact that you have lower lighting is going to work in your favor as you stealth. This is a hard stealth check with one boost die because of the dusk. Two successes, one threat. You bob and weave between buildings and piles of supplies that haven't been sorted yet, ducking and rolling sometimes just in time to avoid a stray blaster bolt. Yeah, Castian presses Niana against a pile of barrels that probably contain some sort of coolant. All right, a straight shot to the communication array. I said we run for it. Yep, you look ahead and you can see the communication array is exactly where you thought it was. The communications array is a large, large satellite dish because it is designed to send long distance messages up into space. This is no mere planetary communication system. So it is, at the moment, unguarded because, of course, all hands are on deck to deal with the Rancor. Come on, we can make this quick. Castian's running towards the communication dish, uh, the bag of components in that power generator that they took from the Night Sisters camp slung over his shoulder. And he's just, right now, this is more for speed. Castian, as you and Nienna begin to just flat out run, I'm going to flip a destiny point to represent a massive shot from the Rancor's blaster cannon that hits directly on the satellite dish. And a explosion just rocks the ground beneath your feet. Roll me athletics to see if you keep yourself standing. Make that an average check with a setback die. Two successes and one advantage. Nienna rolled three successes, so both of you are stumble a little bit but are able to stay upright and luckily do not take any collateral damage from exploding shrapnel of the commu- of the satellite dish. No, 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 no! Castian says as he skids to a halt. Is it destroyed? Well, it exploded, so it's destroyed. There is a smoking crater. Yeah, Castian, right now, he's getting them to a safe spot, air quotes, uh, for a minute to just kind of plan out something else. Yes, you duck behind a small building and for a moment you might panic a little bit because you can smell smoke, and then you realize that you've ducked behind the commissary. Castian uh, rubs at his cheeks before he says, okay, they must have another communication device. No, of course they don't have another communication device. They probably have something on the planetary level. What about the ship? The ship. The Lambda shuttle. Yes. Yes, that could work. We'd probably need a cipher in order to get it open, but yes, yes, that would work. That would work. Nienna looks back out around the corner of the, the commissary. The battle continues to rage. 
Night Sisters have overrun parts of the the garrison. These are incredibly fierce warriors. This is the first time that you've seen these women really in battle, and they are absolutely ruthless. Not only do they have these primitive weapons that draw blood in a really unseemly way, but you are also witnessing some truly amazing uses of the Force as these witches are bringing down force lightning from the sky to blast apart formations of scout troopers who are trying to organize and and are trying to fight in formation versus an army that is using guerrilla tactics. They do not have time to try to sit there and hope Castian is good at slicing a Lambda shuttle's lock and then piloting key code. So they need to get someone who knows how to fly or who has the codes. Castian's looking for that officer that was giving the orders. All right, that is going to be a perception check. And this is going to be another hard one because there's so much chaos. So Nienna is going to assist you in this check, Mm -hmm. which means that we get to use her rating, which is better than yours, along with your characteristic. So you get to roll two yellows for this. Two successes, one triumph, and three threats. Oh, very nice. Castian, as you frantically scan around the camp, trying to pick out one officer who you saw once amongst the fray, you see a woman struggling near where the speeder bikes are parked. She is locked in hand-to-hand combat with one of the Night Sisters. She's probably a couple dozen meters away. Castian just shakes his head and says, well, it was nice hiding who I was for a while. And he just throws off the helmet because he's about to expose himself in a big way. And he looks towards Niana and says, get to the Lambda shuttle, secure it if you can. And he pulls out his combat blade, starts running towards the garage area. And then he just force leaps into the air as lightning comes down from afar. As four switches are firing their arrows, as stormtroopers are shooting blaster bolts, you just see Castian just leaping through the air, his blade drawn, ready to bring it down on one of the Night Sisters' back that's attacking this woman. I'm rolling to see if I can do the force jump. I got my point. I'm going to actually have to spend some strain to get there. I'm going to give you the first attack without needing to roll initiative because obviously she is more focused on the Imperial officer. Her defense versus melee is one. Two successes and then three advantages, which is a crit for this combat knife. That is six damage plus a crit. Great. So roll me a d100. It is 86. She is now compromised, which is going to up her difficulty for everything until the end of the encounter. So you come down on top of her with your blade. Where do you slice in? I sink right into her shoulder blade. I was going for the spine, but maybe the force warned her. So she twists just in time and it gets her right in the shoulder blade and he twists and growls in her ear as they crash to the ground. All right, now let's roll some initiative. So roll me Vigilance. Two successes. The witch rolled a triumph and an additional success and some advantages. So yeah, you got the drop on her this time, but she is going to make sure that it is the last time. So she turns around, snarls something in her native Dathomiri witch language, and is going to use Unleash on you. Okay, ouch. 
Castian, you feel that burning and ripping sensation deep within your person, maybe within your soul if you believe that, very similar to how those feral younglings on Coruscant attacked you as she unleashes the force to do damage to you. This is going to be seven wounds, which you can soak. Also, she got a triumph, so that is going to be a critical hit. And she rolled a five on her critical injury, which is just in addition to this massive amount of wounds that you feel, this is also an attack on your psyche, and so you take one point of strain. So, ouch, Night Sisters, your turn. Yeah, Castian, he lets out a growl and he's like charging at her again, slashing at her face with the combat knife. Two successes, again, again, two successes, three advantages. Same exact roll. That's another six damage and then she gets another crit hit. I believe that's a plus 10 to this roll now. Yeah. I rolled a 100. You have dealt her a horrific injury, which gives her a minus one penalty to one characteristic. We're going to make that her willpower. So that until the end of the encounter, your horrific attack has shaken her confidence somehow. So she is going to be at an even greater disadvantage. And now our Imperial officer is going to attack. She has a blaster pistol. And she does, she has seven damage with that. So the Imperial officer, she sticks her blaster pistol in the side of the Night Witch and pulls the trigger. So it's a point blank blast into the gut, forcing the Night Sister to go stumbling back. She hits the side of uh, one of the speeders, sending several of them dominoing over as she falls to the ground dead. What's the Imperial officer doing? Is she looking at where the woman fell? She still has her weapon trained on the Night Sister. She doesn't seem to be quite convinced that the Night Sister is dead. So she's standing over the body, breathing heavily. Thank you, Trooper. Get back to the fight. Castian steps up behind her and presses the blade against her neck and says, drop the blaster now. Give me a coercion check versus two red, one purple. A failure, a triumph, and a threat. So the failure and the threat means she is not going to drop her weapon. However, as she turns her head towards you, you see that she suffered some sort of wound over half of her face, uh, which is including a cut over her eye. You can't tell whether her eye is actually damaged or just too much blood has run into it, but she's obviously at a visual disadvantage. It may be why the Night Sister could get the drop on this highly trained officer, and it also means that she will not be able to recognize you later as the person that is trying to hold her hostage. Perfect. This is not the time to be attempting a mutiny, Trooper. Wait, I actually have the ability, I bought a move power recently. Yes, I can actually rip that blaster out of her grasp uh, using the force, so I'm going to try to get a force point. All right. Yes, she is not a force user, so she really can't resist this. So you just need to see whether the light side or the dark side of the force is powering this. I get a dark side point, but Castian lets out a growl, holds out his hand, and the blaster flies out of her grip. She now knows that she's probably dealing with a force user. And he steps up, presses the knife to her throat, and says, Do I sound like an Imperial Stormtrooper? Now you're going to get that ship open for me, or I'm going to feed you to that Rancor! And I'm going to use Fearsome Visage on her. I'm going to spend one of my life side points and turn into a dark side to upgrade that difficulty for her. And it's a good thing you did upgrade that difficulty because she got a despair. Now she is 
terrified of you. If she were still holding that weapon, now she would drop it. Of course, you've already taken care of that, but this woman is putty in your hands as she is terrified of what a rogue force user could do to her. Oh, good. I think we have an understanding. And he's grabbing her shoulder, hiding his blade, and he's just kind of moving as fast as he can to get them towards the Lambda shuttle. Has he felt anything from Kida? Any pressures in his arm this entire time? No. Great. He's either dead or everything's going splendidly. Yeah, we're running as fast as we can towards the Lambda shuttle, uh, me dragging this woman behind me. You reach the Lambda shuttle, and there is the body of a scout trooper in front of the entrance. His armor is is heavily scuffed up. It's difficult to tell in the light whether it was blaster damage or something else. All you can tell is that he wasn't killed by a night sister because there's no blood. Castian's dragging the Imperial officer to the front of the Lambda shuttle, then shoots a glance around. And before he says Niana, he actually catches himself because he doesn't want this Imperial officer remembering names. And he says Nini, which was Niana's old name when they're at the temple. From behind the landing gear, Niana pops out. I wave her forward. Have you seen Kida yet? No, I haven't. Castian pushes the officer towards the door. Unlock it now! And because she rolled a despair on her fear check, you don't need to do any further rolls to convince her to do anything. She immediately goes to the pad that's alongside the docking ramp and inputs the the code in order to open it. And with a hiss, the ramp lowers. Castian's grabbing her by the shoulder and he's just dragging her up the ramp, moving towards the bridge. And he's telling the officer, start the pre-flight checklist. Do not take off without me. He looks towards Nana. Get the communication system up and running. Make sure it's active. And I'm going to make sure Kita doesn't get himself killed. And then I'm moving back down the ramp. All right. So you are back out in the chaos of the battle. You would think that scout troopers would be able to decimate these night witches, but they're holding their own. You see plenty of dead bodies from both sides scattering across the camp, but the battle still rages. And most importantly, that Rancor is still rampaging through the camp. You see multiple scout troopers focusing their blaster fire all on the Rancor, and no one is able to take this beast down. You see the Night Sister on the Rancor shoulder reposition the cannon again, taking aim. The wine builds up, and before you can react, the blaster cannon fires again. A direct hit against the Lambda shuttle. Since you are so close to the shuttle, give me an athletics trick casting, average difficulty. I got two successes. Two successes means that once again, you're able to stay on your feet even as you are blasted back a couple of feet, but you don't fall. And when your vision clears a little bit, you can see that there is a blackened scorch mark along the hull of the Lambda shuttle. Doesn't look like it hit any critical systems, but that's not going into space anytime soon. Castian lets out a growl and rolls under the ramp of the landing pad, and he pulls off that pack that he was carrying, and it had that a communication device on it, and it also had that portable power generator that they had. And Castian setting all the stuff in front of him and says, if you want to play with a blaster cannon, I will show you how to play with a blaster cannon. And he's going to try to make something that will, uh, like an EMP or something like that. So this is going to be a hard mechanics roll, and I'm also going to give you a setback die because you don't really have any tools with you. I'm going to flip my final light side point to dark side, so I'm going to upgrade one of my dice. Okay, so you're going to love this again. Failure, triumph, advantage. 
All right, Castian. So you doctor up your power source. It looks pretty damn good to your eyes. What do you do with it? Castian runs out to get the attention of this beast and says, take aim at this night witch, and he throws it at a perfect arc. The camera pans following your makeshift bomb as it just tumbles end over end over end, and it hits the blaster cannon and bounces away. <laughs> a complete dud. Castian's frozen, stunned. That should have worked. He looks towards the bomb on the ground that didn't explode and then looks back up towards the Rancor as it looks down towards him. Not only does the Rancor look down, but the Night Witch who is aiming that blaster cannon also looks down and she is beginning to reposition it so that she can take direct aim at your tiny fleshy form. But before she can pull the trigger, so to speak, you hear another Rancor roar from within the jungle. Not as loud, not as deep as this behemoth that is in front of you, but still fairly intimidating. And the Night Witch looks up and she sees a Rancor that does not have a rider because this Rancor has no master. This Rancor was freed into the wilderness to be her own creature, but she has decided that she cannot let injustices stand. And the rancor that you and Nienna and Kida rode halfway across Dathomir comes charging in directly at the behemoth. The behemoth is twice again the size of the rancor that you rode in, but this, this little beast that could just charges directly into the behemoth and a nasty battle begins to ensue as the night sisters on the back of the behemoth are completely forgotten and the rancor just goes back into instinct mode. The two beasts crash to the ground, unable to keep their balance amidst all of the chaos and they are rolling and growling and scratching and biting as they are locked in a death match. Castian, he is caught in the middle of this fray. And so much like the conjunction, the, the quickest way through is a straight line. So he's jumping and dodging and sliding, trying to get around their limbs as these two Rancor are wrestling all around him, crashing in the building. So Castian's trying to use athletics, definitely probably using the force to get to the command center. All right, make this an average check with two setback dice because Rancor. One success, one triumph. What does the triumph of you crossing the camp look like? They come crashing down on top, almost on top of him, but just as they crush him, Castian does a force leap, landing on one's shoulders, the biggest one, and he's just running up it like an anime character. Uh, and he's charging, uh, he's running up the shoulder as they're just slamming into each other, keeping his balance. And what I want to do as I jump off its shoulder, one of the Night Sisters, the one that was manning the cannon, she had a harness that was keeping her in place. And as he runs by, and as she's about to repurpose the cannon to take shot at the howling Gundark Rancor, as I call it, she just sees Cassian slices that harness with his combat knife, jumps off, and she is thrown as the Rancors continue their fight. She is flying off this thing. And Castian lands uh, in front of the command center, takes a deep breath, and he's just charging right in. The command center 
is in darkness. As you rush in, you can see there's obviously some sort of backup generator to keep the essential equipment running because you see illuminated buttons and a couple of, of shaky screens, but the overhead lights are, are out. You don't see anybody in the darkness. That time for subtlety is up. Kida! You just hear his voice coming from the darkness. What are you doing here? What's going on outside? It's a madhouse out there. Uh, the, the dish is completely destroyed. We have to take the Lambda shuttle. We need those patrols and that map now. Where are you? Castian says as he's looking around in the dark. Uh, Kida slips out of the shadows. You're still not entirely sure where he was hiding, but he's suddenly in front of you. Then let's move. You got the information? Yes. Let's get going. We both run out of the command center. He sees now that there are two Rancor fighting and Castian says, oh yeah, the Rancors are fighting. I forgot to mention that. And with that, they're running. With the Rancor and its blaster cannon no longer in play, the tide is beginning to turn against the Night Sisters. And you hear their battle cries are becoming a little more sparse, a little more panicked, and you actually even see a couple melting into the darkness as true darkness has fallen over the camp. And so they are retreating deeper into the jungle. Yeah, we are trying to get to that Lambda shuttle as quickly as possible now. The scout troopers are still focused on finishing up the battle, so you don't encounter any resistance. You just need to make a couple of bobs and weaves as you avoid weapons fire or stray Rancor Claw. Castian, he's climbing up the ramp to the Lambda shuttle and moves towards the bridge. On the bridge, Nienna is standing in front of what you recognize as the communications station. She has everything lit up. All systems seem to be active. And bound to a chair is the Imperial Army officer. She is unconscious. Is this thing ready to fly? So long as you don't expect it to go into space, then yes. Was the hull damaged that badly? We are lucky that it was strictly hull damage and not any integral systems. Okay. Uh, Kida, lock the door back there. On it. Castian quickly sits down at the communications station and he puts in the coordinates of where his probe is hiding. Kida hands you a data case. Think of what they used to seal the Death Star plans in Rogue One. So he hands you that whole contraption. Yep. He's going to try to open it up, find it lock, and then he's going to grab the officer's hand who's unconscious and use her palm to open the case up. Yep. And then he's going to get all the information he needs quickly as possible. Kita found all the information you requested, so you'll be able to make the transmission. The question is, originally you were very concerned about making the transmission stealthily. Is that still a concern? Yes, he's still going to try to keep it stealthily. He doesn't want any of the Star Destroyers to pick up where he's sending the transmission, if he can. So he's going to have to use computers to try to make it incognito as best as possible. But he's getting the location of that mountain, of the Virgins. The Crag of Submission. The Crag of Submission quickly uh, types it into this 10-second message, along with the, the data file with the patrols for the Star Destroyers, and then sends it off into space. And he's going to try his best to make it incognito. Okay, let's make this a hard check. Two successes, two threats. You're not going to know what those threats are yet. Castian sends the message, and then he looks towards whoever's in the pilot seat. Uh, who is that, Kita or Nienna? It's Nienna. Nienna, take off right now. We are going to the following coordinates, and he's sending her the coordinates to the mountaintop. Nienna rolls two successes, even on a hard roll with a setback die because of the hull damage, and she takes off. Castian looks towards the weapon system to the left of him. 
hesitates for a second, then scoots on over, and he's going to take aim towards the big Rancor fighting his little friend. Okay. Uh, This is going to be a daunting task, which is four purples, because you are using a shipboard weapon to fire on something that's so small compared to a, a ship. Yes. One success, four threats. You fire the weapon, and it is a a direct hit on just that giant Rancor. You see that the the Howling Gundark Rancor, your smaller friend, escapes unscathed. But as you're about to take a second shot to ensure that that larger Rancor goes down, the console in front of you sparks as that was apparently the ship did take more damage than Nienna thought, and there was only one good shot left in the weapon system. The weapons on the Lambda shuttle are now completely fried. Castian just stumbles into a seat. All right, my people will come for us. Uh, let's get to the Vergence and make landing. The flight back to the Vergence, back to the Crag of Submission, is much shorter than traveling by Rancor or by foot. You're able to get there in an hour. It's not the fastest flight, again, because Nienna is very concerned about that hull damage, and she doesn't want to do anything that could exacerbate it and make it worse. So it's a very cautious and low-powered flight, but you're also not worried too much about anything attacking from the ground because you've made it past the garrison. You, You know that that is the only group that would have any sort of firepower that could affect a ship. So you are able to, within the hour, make it back to the Vergence, and Nienna lands on the top of this extremely tall mountain that you had to climb. And of course, the has that large, broad, flat top, so there's plenty of room for the ship to set down. During this hour flight, Castian is trying to disable any tracking that they might have on this thing. So that is going to be mechanics. Average difficulty. Two successes and a threat. There's definitely some very sophisticated tracking technology. Not only do they have a tracker built in, but there is a backup and a backup to that backup. Uh, So you are able to disable all of them, but the threat means that one of the trackers was hardwired actually into the ship's shielding. Your rear shielding, which would have been at a one, is now negated. This little ship has taken a bit of a beating. It's only supposed to have basically cosmetic damage, and you've taken out both weapons and some of its shields as you've been rooting around in it. The Imperial officer, she remains unconscious the entire time that you are in the air. As we are searching Castian, stepping in Kida's way as he's trying to make his way towards the bridge, Annie leans close and mumbles, I know this is calling the kettle black, but I'm worried about Niana. It's not your place to worry about her. I know it's not my place, but take it from a man who's just been infused with the dark side and nearly died from it. I felt her trying to use the force a couple of times. She was not calling on the light side. There was also a trooper near the Lambda shuttle when we got there. I did not see any wounds on him that were blaster or arrow or knife. What are you insinuating, Castian? I'm saying she stayed with the Night Sisters for a couple of weeks. She's not in a good place. And if you want to turn a blind eye to it, that's your decision. I'm not going to be around to suffer the consequences, but she will. Well, then I guess it's a good thing we're returning to the Virgence. I suppose so. And yeah, we're going to land our ship. And Cassian's just going to have to wait for Laris. He has full faith that she would get his message and come back for him. 
Once you land, Kida and Nienna leave the ship. They're obviously in deep, intense conversation as they step out and Kida leads Nienna away from the ship. Castian rolls his eyes before mumbling, Jedi. And he's going back towards the officer, trying to wake her up, clapping his hand, shaking her shoulder, even giving her an injection if he needs to. You don't need to resort to giving her an injection. After a, a minute or so, she, she wakes up. And with you directly in her face, she recoils as far back as you know, she can while tied to a chair. Now that Niana and Kida are gone... Uh, Castian's grabbing this woman by the binders and he's hauling her up and he's dragging her out of the ship. She's not bound with binders, actually. It's a, a hand-woven rope that you had seen around Nienna's waist as a belt. Great. Yeah, he's, he's dragging her off the ship uh, and he's moving in an opposite direction of where Nienna and Kida went off to. He's trying to find a little bit of privacy and he's pushing her towards the edge of the cliff. She stumbles forward a little bit. Ha! <laughs> Obviously terrified that you are going to push her off the edge. Castian pulls out a blaster and aims towards her and says, It's nothing personal, but I can't have you telling anybody where I'm at. And as your finger, Castian, is on that trigger, absolutely ready to make the sort of hard decisions, ruthless decisions that you had to make as an Inquisitor, you feel that surge of the force within you, just this, the raw power of this place that is so connected to the living force of the galaxy. And your vision blurs for just a moment, and you're worried that you're going to pass out again, as you did so often when you were under the influence of the Dathomir dagger. But your vision clears before you can pass out, and in front of you, you no longer see the Imperial officer. It now appears to you that you are holding the blaster, point blank at Mudonin's face. Young one. Now you've come to talk to me? Really? Now? After all the time I called for your help, this is when you decided to stop me when I'm about to do the thing I need to do to keep me safe? You did not need my guidance then. Trust me, I know exactly how to do this. I pulled the trigger and this complication turns very easy for me. You were already on the path that you needed to be, but you know this action would take you away from that path. I will be a better person after I kill this one. Young one, you know that is not how the light side and the dark side of the Force work. I don't know how the Force works, Madonin, he says as he spins away, holding his head a little bit before turning back towards her. And he's pointing towards her, not the blaster, he's pointing a, hand, uh, a finger towards her. I never chose this, this curse. Why is it so complicated? Why do people live their lives without the Force and they could do bad and they could do good and then they could just decide, hey, let's be good again. Why is it always a domino effect? Why can't it be easy? I deserve easy. While the Force has placed a great burden on you, young one, there is no easy path in the galaxy. Each of us, no matter how the Force influences our lives, makes decisions every moment of every day. You have the training and the skills and the desire to make better choices. My darling, I don't know what to do with my life. I was a slave, 
I was an inquisitor. I was a bounty hunter. And now I'm just a fugitive. I have never felt so unsure of who I am. I have no family. I have no mentor. I'm alone. You are never alone, young one. Only you can make choices about what destiny your path will lead you towards. Do you like the path that you are on at this moment, in this place? path of a survivor? Do not try to deny what is happening here, Caspian. Is this the act of a survivor whose life is in immediate danger? Or are you preparing to take an act of a murderer? Castian blinks his eyes, and everything's clear again. The Imperial woman is standing in front of him, cowering. His blaster had never dropped. Castian puts his blaster away, reaches for his belt, and pulls out his knife and steps closer to her. And as she shrieks out, he slashes upward, cutting the cord. Then he spins her around and points towards the distance and says, Start climbing down. Your garrison is about three days' journey that way. And he lets, he lets go of her shoulder and steps away. And she begins to climb. Castian watches for about a minute before finally feeling confident that she is in fact going down and not trying to do anything sneaky, and then he's walking back towards the Lambda shuttle. Castian, Yukita, and Nienna are stranded on the top of this Virgins for close to a day. It's a little bit less. But as dusk falls the next day, that is when you hear a break in the atmosphere and see the landing lights of the Howling Gundark. Castian, Kida, and Iana all run out of the Lambda shuttle. And as soon as Castian spots the familiar look of the egg, the Nuna egg, the spoiled egg, the bad egg, he lets out a hoot and a holler of just pure joy of like, she came! I knew she'd make it! Yes! Yes! Laris makes a perfect landing, of course, a couple of meters away from the Lambda shuttle, and the landing ramp lowers, and you see waiting at the top both Laris and Bone. Kida probably always assumes Cassian's glowering or being mean all the time, or doesn't is not very trusting. But what he sees is Cassian running up the ramp and throws his arms around Laris and pulls her in for a hug. Laris winces visibly as you hug her. You can feel that she still has a bacta patch on her shoulder. He kind of looks towards her confused a little bit, but then he hears the whistle of Bone, and he's like, ah, Bone, 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 my goodness, you've grown, he says as he kind of wrestles the top of his dome. I assure you, I made no alterations to this R3 unit in your absence. Castian stands up, a big grin on his face, and says, I'm sure you didn't. Were you detected coming down? No. Good. Good. I'm... I'm really glad to see you, Laris. Your leadership was sorely missed. He nods his head towards her, again, casting a glance towards some of her injuries that she's still sporting. They'll talk about that later. And then he turns and walks down the ramp, and he moves towards Niana and Kida. All right. Would you like a ride? Kida and Niana share a look before Kida finally says, It's probably for the best that we not have three Force users in close proximity. Not while some of us are 
so sorely wanted by the Empire. Castian looks down briefly before nodding his head. We were able to make some repairs to the ship's hull, but with the materials from the Howling Gundark, I'm sure we can get that thing spaceworthy in a day or so. Good. Nienna believes that the connection that those worms forged between us, she believes that it is something that is tied to Dathomir directly. That once we leave the atmosphere of Dathomir, we should suffer no ill effects, Nienna says. The trickiest part will be the actual departure from Dathomir, as even the most skilled pilots would have difficulty maneuvering through atmosphere at the close range that is necessary for the two of you. It could be painful. Perhaps you should be sedated. He nods his head at that. I agree. We'll repair your ship and we'll be on our way. And then with that, they're going to help get the ship, uh, the the hole patched up. Mm -hmm. Just enough for them to be able to take that Lambda shuttle, get to a planet, dump it, and go somewhere else. Yes. You're able to fix the hull damage as well as the shielding damage that you had affected when you were searching for the trackers. You do not have the components to fix the weapon system. So they will not have any offensive capabilities, but at least their defenses with the shielding is adequate. It takes about a day to get everything repaired. And now that their ship's ready to go, we all are meeting between our ships at our ramps. Mm-hmm. Laris and Bone are, they have no dog in this fight. So they are waiting up in the ramp. So Castian moves up to Niana. And of course, Kita gives them a little distance. And Castian <clears throat> clears his throat and then holds out a hand. Niana takes it. I'm really sorry about trying to bring you to the Empire. And I know how ridiculous that sounds. I I understand. Thank you. I I would have done anything for you as a child. I had a bit of a crush. I think that was pretty evident. So in a way, I suppose that infatuation saved me when you convinced me to sneak on the ship. Here's to boyhood crushes. Be safe. With him and just with this galaxy. Same to you. It's alluring. The dark side. But you, you, you needn't worry about me. This, this place, it, it has shown me things. Casting nods his head. Nienna looks over her shoulder at Kida and gives him a nod. Kida obviously wants a chance to say his goodbyes as well. Uh, so Nienna steps away. But before she does, uh, she says one last thing. Castian, I know that your, your journey has been a difficult one, but... Please just let me say, may the force be with you. And then she steps away. Castian walks up to Kida. They both are stubborn people, so who says the first thing? Kida isn't even making direct eye contact with you, kind of looking over your shoulder or at your forehead before he will finally be the adult as the oldest person here and saying, I was glad to find you again. My only regret is that it took so long. A smart person recently told me that I need to reevaluate the path I've been walking. It's not easy to forgive you, but you saved my life. It wasn't a great life, but it's not over yet, and because of that, I can make it good. So, Kida, thank you for making the hard decisions. Keep Niana safe, and may the Force be with you. And with that, Castian turns around on his heels and marches away. And Kida will let you have the last word. 
Castian climbs into his ship and sits down in the co-pilot seat and leans back. Alaris walks up and she has a sedative in her hands and he gives her a nod. Keep us close until we break the atmosphere, then we'll go our separate ways. Sir, as I have said before, as we are unfamiliar with the exact genetic makeup of these worms and it was impossible to test them as we had no external samples, I can make no guarantee that this attempt is going to work. Don't worry, Laris. I have faith for the both of us. And with that, you are knocked unconscious as you feel the sedative injected into your arm and flooding through your veins. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Fandible Solo Shot Star Wars Force and Destiny. Please follow Solo Shot Podcast and Fandible on Twitter, and please share this episode on social media. You can also leave a review for Fanable on iTunes or your podchaser of choice to help others find us and enjoy games like this one. You can also find us on Patreon if you want to make a donation to help keep our equipment up and running. But most importantly, always remember, may the Force be with you.